Isaiah 9, verse 6 through 7 says this. We, we, we often know this is the, we'll kind of call this the, one of the Christmas scriptures, but powerful verse in, in Isaiah 9, a prophecy about Jesus. It says, for a child is born to us, a son is given to us. The government will rest on his shoulders and he will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. His government and its peace will never end. Let's pray over our time in the word. Father, we thank you for your word. We thank you. That your word is awesome, living, powerful, and true. Lord, we just ask that you would, Lord God, pierce our hearts, move us to action, help us to tap into the truth and to apply this truth into our lives. You said we'd know the truth and the truth would set us free. So I pray that you would help us and that it would just penetrate every part of our minds, hearts, spirits. And Lord God, give us the grace to live it out and apply it to our lives. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Well, two weeks ago when we were here, uh, we talked about how we should respond to the troubling current events uh, or personal relational turmoil going on uh, in the world around us. If you were here a couple of weeks ago, we talked about that. And I, I gave what I called a, fa- a, f- a f- formula for the future, which comes out of Romans 12, 12, which says, Rejoice in our confident hope, be patient in trouble, and keep on praying. Right out of that scripture, I, we looked at those three things in two weeks ago and talked about the turmoil, the trouble, how things are getting crazier you know, in the world. Now, since then, as, I just, as you just talked about and prayed about, We've had a major hurricane that caused tremendous damage in southeast uh, Texas and southwest Louisiana. And now, as I mean, as y'all, I know everybody has seen, there is a major Category 5 hurricane right now that is is, is ripping through the Caribbean islands and, and causing uh, major damage right now. And, you know, and, and, and I'm sure even though, you know, all of the models are showing that thing kind of hooking towards Florida, uh, a lot of us are probably thinking as it gets going towards the Gulf, it's a little too close for comfort. Wouldn't you agree? You know, and even if, man, maybe, you know, even if it does go to Florida, you might have friends or family in Florida. Matter of fact, I talked to somebody today uh, that, that comes here and her mom, well, I talked to the husband, her mom's actually, they sent out a prayer request, is in a nursing home in Florida. So they were praying that they can, you know, the flights can get out and they can evacuate. I think they're evacuating them Friday or Saturday uh, to try to, or maybe before that, trying to get them out of there and trying to get them to come stay with us, you know. So, you know, as we look at things like that, even last week, you know, the uneasiness of even Harvey as it came through the Gulf, and we thought, it, that's why we canceled service. We thought it was going to be coming more this way. We'd have stronger storms and weather, and 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 man, praise God, like Pastor Todd said in that video, if you saw it on, online, that it's mixed emotions. We thank God we dodged a bullet, but we feel for all those that have been affected by it. You know, so I know with another storm brewing and other ones this time of year, the height of hurricane season, you know, people can get uneasy. You know, maybe it's not an actual storm of water and wind in your life. Maybe it's another storm. This is kind of maybe I can, I can almost call this a part two from two weeks ago. You know, when other storms arise or a storm in the Gulf or another personal storms arise, you know, it causes a lot of people in their life to lose their peace. Have you been there? Or you lose your peace, or it's hard to find peace. So tonight, I want to show you that since that the Lord Jesus is the Prince of Peace, we can live in the place of peace. That's what I titled this message tonight, The Place of 
peace. Isaiah 9, 6 says, I love this, the government will rest on his shoulders. You've probably heard me say this multiple times if you heard me preach at all, you maybe not, but I love the government rests on his shoulders. You know, when you look at that, don't look at that as like the world government or the government the way we see it, but break that down. Look at it as the governing of your everyday life rests upon his shoulders. The governing of your everyday life supposed to rest on his shoulders not yours. Now, I know that's a lot easier said and done, but anytime somebody's weighed down with worry, anxiety, or they have a lack of peace in their life, you know, I always point them to the scripture and say, hey, look at that as the, the governing of your life is supposed to rest on his shoulders because he's the prince of peace. He can carry it. Because we don't have to carry all that stuff on our shoulders. We can live our lives in peace. Verse 7 says, his peace will never end. So the question is, if his peace will never end, why doesn't everybody have peace? Why does it sometimes end in our life? The scripture makes it clear, Isaiah prophesied thousands of years ago, that when Jesus came and, and through Jesus we had access to the Father and, 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 and total relationship with him, that his peace wouldn't end. But when, if you're honest, wouldn't you say that, hey, it's ended in my life sometimes, right? Maybe you started with peace at the end of the day, but maybe even as simple as, as you get in 8 o'clock traffic on Ambassador Caffrey or Johnson, your peace ends right there, right? Right? You're laughing because it's true, correct? Or you get to the office or you go somewhere, you get one phone call, and it seems like that peace ends. Listen what what what, what the angels were saying uh, uh, uh when they were praising God in Luke chapter 2, while praising, praising the Lord about Jesus' birth. Luke 2.14 says this, Glory to God in the highest heavens, listen to this, and peace on earth to those whom God is pleased. So what they're saying is in, that those that please God have peace because they're seeking him for that peace. Peace comes to the recipients of God's grace. Glory to God in the highest and peace. Put that, that scripture back up, Doug, if you don't mind. And peace on earth to those whom God is pleased. You see, we know a lot of things. This the scripture says that pleases God. Faith pleases God. Faith in him. Us seeking the Lord. And so, you know, we can lose our peace and, and, and for a moment and stuff. But I, I guess I want to ask you, are, are you living more in a place of, of, of unrest than you are of peace? You know, a lot of people can't, they don't ever have peace or they have what I'm going to talk about in a little bit, a superficial peace because they're not getting it from the Prince of Peace. It says that we will have peace. God gives peace to those who please him. And again, I believe those that please him are those that are seeking him. You see, those are the people that are not looking to the world for a false sense of peace, nor are they waiting for certain circumstances to get their peace. And see, that's the key. That's what I was talking about. There's two different groups of people there, I'm thinking, I, I believe. There's ones that it's peace is circumstantial. When everything's good, when everything's right, we have peace. But when things aren't going so well or we get a phone call or something like that, then, you know, uh, our peace leaves us. But some people, whenever we, you know, there, there, there's turmoil, they go to different sources for peace. Like for me, for example, maybe some of you in here, for years, I sought my peace, and you've heard my testimony, through drugs and alcohol, right? And so there was times where I, I had peace. It was like major peace, peace that would put me to sleep sometimes, right? 
But it was superficial peace because the truth is when I'd get up the next morning or when the buzz or the high would wear off, the peace would be gone. And and actually the opposite would happen because I would have even less peace. Matter of fact, there was more turmoils, especially like in the form of you. I hope you haven't, but if you've ever experienced withdrawals from drug addiction, you know, it's it's the total polar opposite of peace. So it's a superficial peace. So tonight I want to show you three things. I want to talk about three things tonight. What peace means, how to get it, and how to keep it. Amen? What is peace, how do we get it, and how do we keep it? Some of you may think, well, I think I, I pretty much know what peace is. And, and that's cool, but let's, let's look at it a little dip, deeper. Let's go, let's start out. Number one, what is peace? Let's look at the original language. I, I shared two scriptures, one from the Old Testament, which we know was re- written in Hebrew, and one from the New Testament that we know was written in Greek. So let's look at both of these words, the word peace written in their original language. The word, Hebrew word for peace, which a lot of you are familiar with, all of those that went to Israel, you know, it means it's shalom. Peace is shalom. And the meaning means safety, prosperity, well-being, intactness, wholeness. Peace can have a focus of security, safety, which can bring feelings of satisfaction and contentment. Now, the Greek word is similar, but it adds a few meaning. It's harmony, tranquility, and often has an emphasis on a lack of strife or, listen to this, a reconciliation in a relationship as when one has peace with God. And that's what we're going to hone in on. One has peace with God. All those other things is part of peace, but It's an emphasis on a lack of strife or reconciliation in a relationship as when one has peace with God. See, peace comes from God and is evidence of the rule of the Messiah whose character is the Prince of Peace. Let's look to Romans for a couple more scriptural definitions of what peace is. Romans 1.7 in the New King James says, Grace to you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. See, his death and resurrection makes it possible for us to have peace with God, being reconciled to him. You know, because let me stop right there and say, a lot of us have experienced this, and maybe you haven't already, this. You can have a lot of things, circumstances around you, that are good, that are calm, the waves and the wind, so to speak, are calm. But you know what? If you don't have peace with God, outside circumstances give you peace. But if you have an internal struggle, something that you're not at for years, I didn't have peace with the Lord. And man, that was worse than everything going right around me. Can you relate to that? Romans 5.1 says this, Therefore, having been justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. The indwelling of his life and character through the Holy Spirit's work in our lives is intended to help us learn to abide in the peace of God. And that's the key word there. Helps us to learn to abide in the peace of God. We know Jesus talks about abiding. Abiding is not just a place that you drive through. See, in the kingdom of God, the Lord don't want us to have drive-through peace. There's no such thing as drive-through peace. Or you just grab it and then you go and then it runs out and you come back around a little bit later and drive through and grab it again. He wants us to abide. And that's why sometimes this is probably one of the key reasons why it's hard for us, me included, because we do live in a fast food, microwave, drive through, instant apps and Wi-Fi kind of society, right? Where everything is like right there at our fingertips. And you could always tell, you could also lose your peace just whenever you're trying to get online and the internet's not fast enough. Right? 
Why is the internet not working? Why is it? This is slow internet. This internet is so slow. But what did we do like 15 years ago so we didn't have internet, right? And it's like now we get frustrated because it's not fast enough, right? John 14, 27, Jesus said to his disciples, peace I leave you, my peace I give you. And this is what I talked about. Not as the world gives do I give to you. Let not your heart be troubled, neither let it be afraid. Jesus made it very clear that he was leaving us with peace, but it was different from the kind of peace that the world gives. Because you know what? He made it by saying this, and this is kind of what I want to hone in on. Peace is more than a feeling, guys. It's way more than a feeling. Now, it's nice to feel peace, no doubt, right? It's, it's good to have that warm wave and feeling of peace to come over you. But, but if, if when I asked you what does peace mean, I bet many of y'all automatically went to a feeling. If you was honest, be honest, would you say like, I was thinking about when I feel good, right? When I feel calm, when I feel peaceful, right? And that's part of it. But peace, true kingdom peace that Jesus offers is way more than just a feeling. It's a state of being. Remember the name of this message is the place of peace. It's a state that you live in, not a place that you visit. It's a place that you live in, not just a place that you visit. You know, I was talking to a, 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 a good friend of mine, a really good friend of mine, a brother in the Lord today, and uh, they, him and his wife got some devastating news yesterday or the day before. So I was just, you know, checking on him to see how he was doing. And, 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 and I'm actually quoting him. I actually went back to my text. We were talking through text. I called. He didn't respond. So I texted him and said, hey, if you don't feel like talking, no big deal, man. You know, just wanted to check on you, see how he was doing. And he said this. He said, I'm feeling numb and zapped. But then he said, I feel peace too, though. I feel peace too. Now, I know after just getting devastating news that, that really just crushed him and his wife, you know, that peace is just more than a feeling that he's experiencing. I know they know the Lord. I know they love the Lord. And, and, and it's, it's, it's possible to, you know, like Pastor Todd always says, good and bad travels on parallel tracks and often arrive at the same time. You can feel pe feelings of hurt, of grief, of pain, of disappointment, and still have peace. You know, you, cause, cause the truth is we're, we're human beings. We have feelings. Our heart breaks. We get sad. We get angry, you know, but you can, through all of that, I understood what he was saying. Man, this is tough. This is tough on my wife and I. He was saying how he was trying to care for his wife. This is tough on us, but you know what? I still have peace anyway, though. There's still some peace. And I believe that's what peace is. It's a, it's a state. It's a place in our life, something that we tap into. Just as Jesus said, I am the vine and you are the branches. Abide in me. Tap into me. Number two, how do you get peace? How do you get it? Look at Colossians chapter 3 and verse 15. And let the peace of God rule in your hearts, to which also you were called in one body, and be thankful. Let the peace of God rule in your hearts. Look at it like this. He says, let it rule. Let it be an umpire in your life. I know Pastor Rob is a big baseball fan, right? I know, isn't it kind of, it's getting close to the playoffs or is it the playoffs yet? I don't really follow MLB, but I know it's getting close, right? I know October is usually when the World Series and the playoffs are, but it's like an umpire. The umpire rules over the game of baseball and, and calls the shots over the plate, strikes and balls. And, and, and if somebody's safe or out, or if it's a foul ball, or if it's a home run, they rule that stuff. So we need to let peace act as an umpire in our lives. That's what it says in, in Colossians. 
We need to let it act as an umpire over our decisions that would trouble us. We also need to let peace overrule doubts that would disturb us. We need to also allow peace to overthrow the adversary's lie that would defeat or deter us. So we need to let, we need to allow the Lord's peace. And this only comes by abiding in Him. It only comes, and that means spending time with Him, staying connected with Him. See, perfect peace is available when your heart and mind keep focused on God's promise and power and presence. Let me say that again. It's whenever our hearts and minds are focused on God's promise, power, and presence. And that's why the, 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 the Bible says that he will keep in perfect peace those whose hearts are set on him or those whose minds are focused on him. And I might have talked about this last week. I might kind of rehash some of the stuff for two weeks ago. That's, again, the problem of, of, of having access to everything so fast, right? Like somebody came up earlier and was knocking on the door and we were just kind of talking about a few things and, I mentioned something about Irma the storm that's in there now. He's like, man, I was watching some videos today and just, man, the, the, the strong the winds are and what kind of stuff. It's amazing how like 20 years ago, people had a hard time even knowing that the storms were coming or maybe further than that. Now, as soon as something happens, we can go online, we can watch the video, we can see the devastation, we can see the track that is coming or not coming and still get worried. Uh, again, I said this a couple of weeks ago, we got to stay focused on him. If you focus on the negative, if you focus on the turmoil, if you focus on the storms, I mean, there's a part where you want to check it out. You want to get prepared. You want to see if it's coming. That's the blessing of technology. You can be prepared. You can get out and all that. But, man, I'm telling you, if you've been focused on this storm out in the Atlantic that's in the Caribbean now 24-7 and every hour, you're focusing on the storm and you have turmoil going on in your life, that's probably why. If you're nervous about this storm, I would ask you how often are you checking in to see its path? I'm not staying to not stay away. And it might not be that. It could be anything. It could be politics. It could be, you know, I, I confess it could be football just kicked off. It could be your favorite team. You might be checking in, you know, every so often to see who's hurt and who's not hurt, who's playing and all that kind of stuff. You know, whatever it is that's causing you to lose your peace, focus more on the Lord than focusing on the storm or the turmoil. Or the disappointment. Those things come. Those things happen. But he said he will keep in perfect peace those that are set their hearts on them. That are focused on him. That's how you get peace. Is by focusing more on the Prince of Peace than on the things around you. We must also surrender to his will and submit to his word. This will bring inner rest as we allow God's peace. The peace of God to rule in our hearts. Now, there are two main areas that will always try to rob your peace. And we'll see that right here in John 20, both of them. Two main things will always try to rob your peace. And the first one is fear. Fear is a big enemy of peace, right? Look at John 20, verses 19 through 21. That Sunday evening, the disciples were meeting behind locked doors because they were afraid of the Jewish leaders. Suddenly, Jesus was standing there among them. What's the first thing he says? Peace be with you. He said as he spoke, he showed them the wounds in his hands and in his side. They were filled with joy when they saw the Lord. Again, he said, peace be with you. As the Father has sent me, so I am sending you. Of course, I know he told them peace because he just like walked through the wall and appeared. And I think that would freak all of us out, right? And I mean, that's part of why he was telling us, peace be, telling them peace be with you. But think about that. They were afraid. They, it says they were afraid before he even showed up, right? You see that? 
They were afraid of the Jewish leaders. So I think part of it, he was saying, hey, you know, peace be with you because he, he, you know, he knew they would be freaked out. But also I think it was more than just because he, he walked through the walls. It was because they had been living in a state of fear of what the Jewish leaders would do to him. So he, didn't, he, he probably told them once for them and then once for him showing up. But he told them twice, peace be with you. The best way to overcome fear is to tap into God's peace. And I love this. He came to the disciples. You see, I, I mentioned earlier, and of course, we got to seek God, but we got to realize that the Prince of Peace is seeking us out to help us. He came to the disciples. The disciples didn't go to him. Did you notice that? I love that. If you look through the scriptures, they're drowning, they're in the storm, they're in the mist, or they're, they're, and he comes to them walking on the water, right? I love to see how the Lord comes to us. We sing the songs, I called and you answered and you came to my rescue. You know, that, that's the thing. When we know that the Lord is seeking us out, that's, man, it makes it so much easier to tap in to his peace. So fear will always try to rob you of peace. The second thing is unbelief. Doubt will always try to rob you and will rob you of your peace. Look at later in, in, in John 20, verses 24 through 29. One of the disciples, Thomas, nicknamed the twin, was not with the others when Jesus came the first time. They told them, we have seen the Lord. But he replied, I won't believe it unless I see the nail wounds in his hands, put my fingers into them and place my hand into the wound in his side. Eight days later, the disciples were together again. And this time Thomas was with them. The doors were locked, but suddenly, as before, Jesus was standing among them. Peace be with you, he said. Then he said to Thomas, put your fingers here and look at my hands. Put your hand into the wound of my side. Don't be faithless anymore. Believe. He tells them the same thing. First, the Bible says they were dealing with fear, and he said, peace be with you. Now, poor Thomas. I know Thomas always gets a bad rap. The doubting Thomas. That's his, like, going to be his name, like, till we get to heaven, you know. And I wonder if some of these guys that, like, that's been his nickname for all of, like, our time on the earth. You know, if he's going to, like, you know, probably won't because it's heaven. But if he's like, man, why y'all have to keep on using that name? You know, like, you did the same thing probably, you know. And we do. We, we all got some doubting Thomas in us, right? But listen, when you have peace, you can believe things even when you don't understand them. A lot of times we don't believe because we don't understand. See, that's, what, that's another definition of peace. It is. It's believing. It's being able to believe and say, Lord, I trust you. I don't understand it. I don't know why this is happening. I don't know what you're doing. But there's a peace in my soul that you're still in control. There's a peace there's something over me that even I don't know how this is going to turn out. I don't know how this is going to work out. I just have a peace that would, you are who you say you are. You're going to do what you say you're going to do. You're still good no matter what. Amen? And then the third and final thing, how do you keep that peace? Talked about what it truly is, how do you get it, and how do you keep it? Well, I talk about this scripture often and it often comes up, but it, it really is uh, the best, one of the best scriptures on peace. And really, I've, I've actually preached a whole sermon just on this scripture using the four things. But, but number three, if you look at Philippians chapter four and verses six through seven, and I love the way that the New Living Translation says it. Don't worry about anything. Instead, pray about everything. Tell God what you need and thank him for all he has done. Then you will experience God's peace which exceeds anything we can understand. His peace will guard your hearts and minds as you live in Christ Jesus. This is what I like to call the fourfold formula of peace. 
Four things he tells us to do. Number one, don't worry. Don't worry. Simple as that, right? No, it's not. <laughs> it's really not simple. It's not simple to just like, you know what, I'm not going to worry. But what I always take from that is that we got to make a decision not to worry. Worry, and I've said this before, I used the example. You ever heard the term, man, you a worry wart. You ever heard that? Call people a worry wart. Have you ever had a wart? And if, you don't have to raise your hand because people might think like, ugh, you got warts, man. You know, I've had warts. I'll be honest. I have, I have another one. I have one on my ankle, and this proves my point again. I have one on my ankle that, I don't know, started years ago. I've done things where I've like, I froze it. I've like, this is kind of gross. But you ever hit a wart on something that just kind of rips off? And it's just like, ow. But it's like, oh, it's gone. Thank, praise God. And like, and then it like heals up. And then for some reason, after years, you know where I'm going with this, Miss Scarlett? They come back. You ever had warts come back when they were gone? I know this is kind of like gross talking about this. But I, I wondered, like, after studying and reading this, why people call you a worry wart. Because warts, sometimes, not always. I remember having one as a kid on my elbow and it went away never. But this one on my ankle, it, like, it lays dormant for like five years and then it starts coming back. Worry is a lot like that. You can deal with worry and be good, but worry always seems to try to come back. Isn't that true? And I think that's why the scripture says, don't worry. It's, it's going to try to come back. But every time, make a decision. No, I'm not going to worry. Don't worry about anything. Instead, I love this. He says, instead, let me give you another option. Pray about everything. Right? Instead of worrying. When you find yourself worrying about it, stop in that moment and pray about it. I know this is deep. This is like super. It, it, it's really not. I'm joking. I'm being facetious here. But if we would, if, as we worry, if we stop and say, hey, okay, have I prayed about this? You know, and you heard the old saying, I know it's probably cliche, if you, if you, you can't pray if you're worrying and you can't worry if you're praying. If you're praying about it, and it, so it's, it's making it, all these things build on each other. Don't worry about it and pray about it. Then tell God what you need. Tell him specifically. That's, he gives you a little more, he keeps getting, he really does get a little deeper every time. Tell him specifically what is it that you need. What is it that you're worrying about specifically that you need? Well, I just, you know, there, there's some specific things. While we worship, I was praying about some things were, you know, coming on me that I started worrying about that's, that, that I'm dealing with right now. And I specifically, okay, Lord, I pray for this, this, show me how to do this, where to go, how, all these kind of things, what to do. Be specific. And then the, the, the fourth and final thing is that Thank God for what he's done. You see, all four of these things are great on their own, but whenever you put them together, this is when you get the peace that surpasses all understanding. This is how you stay in this peace as well. All four of these things, but let me get to the, the, the last one. The last one of this scripture tells us to thank God for what he's done. And I, I often say this, but I love repeating it. Even if you heard me say this a hundred times, you know what, I'm in good company. I love when Paul writes, he said, I want to stir you up by way of reminder. Paul was always reminding the church, hey, remember what I told you last time. Remember what I told you. Don't forget this. He says, thank God for what he's already done. See, that helps us going back to that peace. Because when you thank God for what he's done already, one, it activates your faith. And then it helps you to have a peace. Like, man, I remember, Lord, when you, I remember I was so stressed out about this. I was so worried about this. I was so, you know, I didn't know how this would turn out. But, man, I remember you came through for me in this instant. Lord, I thank you for doing that. When you begin to thank him for what he's done, something happens on the inside. It's like, well, if God did it then, he can do this again. Right? And that, that's why it's a, it's a fourfold formula for this piece. When you begin to do this, then 
Thank him for what he's done. He will give you the peace that he will do it again. Amen? Why don't you go ahead and stand up with me as we close. One of the scriptures I read earlier uh, about peace was in Romans chapter 5 and verse 1. And it says, I'll read it again. It says, therefore, having been justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. Being justified means that when we put our faith in Christ and ask for forgiveness, it is just as though we have never sinned. One of the reasons you may not be in peace tonight, and I mentioned it earlier, is because maybe you're not at peace with the Lord. Maybe you're not at peace with God. Like I said, I remember times where everything around me seemed to be going good. My job was great. I had money in my pocket. Everything was going good. Uh, things were going well in my relationship. My sports teams were winning. And all that stuff was, was just working out as I wanted. But inside, there was still something missing. And it's because I wasn't at peace with God. I had this burden in my life that was called sin. And I hadn't asked the Lord to forgive me. I had this burden of like, man, if I died... Where am I going to go? My mom used to always ask me, baby, if you die today, where would you go? To heaven or hell? And I remember I told her one time, I said, I don't know. And she said, if you don't know, it means you're going to the wrong place. I'm so glad she shot straight with me because I was like, man, she's right. She's right. So whatever head bowed and every eye closed, let's pray together. And, and maybe you, you, don't, you don't have a peace. Maybe it's not about the storms in the, in, in, in the Atlantic, in the Gulf. Maybe it's not about circumstances. Maybe it's inside. Every day, no matter if things around you are good or bad, there's an inner peace that's missing. Maybe you're not settled in your soul. You don't have a peace about where you would go. If you breathe your last tonight, or if the Lord comes back and 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 you know the bible talks about that he's he'll the sky is gonna bust open and he's gonna call his children home are you sure you would be on that trip are you sure that when you die i'll ask you like my mom asked me if you die tonight would you be going to heaven or hell the bible talks about both and there's no in between it says it's appointed for someone to die once after that comes judgment immediately after that will you cross over to eternity with the Lord or eternity separated from God. So with every head bowed and every eye closed, if you say, Brandon, I don't have that peace in my life. I don't know if I'm right with God. I don't know if, if I haven't put my faith in Jesus and I haven't asked him to forgive me. I don't know what I'm right, if I'm right with him, but, but Brandon, I want to get right with him and I just want to, I want to pray to get right. With every head bowed and every eye closed, nobody's looking around. I'm not going to embarrass you or make you come up here. If that's you, just slip your hand up and say, Brandon, I need to get right with the Lord. I don't have that peace. I see your hand in the back. Anybody else? I see your hand right here, sir. Thank you, Jesus. Anybody else? Say, man, I need to get right. I want to have that inner peace, sir. I see your hand. Thank you, Lord. Anybody else before we pray? Thank you, Lord. Come on, let's pray. We're going to pray with you all. All you that, that raise your hand. The Bible says, if you believe in your heart and confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord, you shall be saved. So come on, we're going to pray with you. You that raise your hand, repeat after me, and we're going to pray with you. Let's pray, church. Heavenly Father, I know that I've sinned. Lord, I ask that you would forgive me of my sin. I believe in you. I trust you. Lord, I give you my life tonight. Lord, I just pray for that peace, that security, that when I breathe my last here, I will spend eternity with you. Lord Jesus, I thank you for dying for me. I thank you for saving me. 
Now give me the strength and give me the grace to live for you all the days of my life. In Jesus' name I pray. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Come on, why don't we give them a hand clap, a round of applause. Thank you, Lord. Hey, listen, for those of you that, that raised your hand, do me a favor. There's a, there's a card in the pew right in front of you. There's a green strip that says, I made a decision. If you do me a favor and fill that card out before you leave, and you can either turn it into someone up here or in the info center, you can drop it off. If you don't have a Bible, we have a Bible for you and give you some information to help you to uh, start this, this journey with the Lord. Listen, for the rest of us, if you've been dealing with strife, if you feel like that you don't have peace in your life because of circumstances or issues and you've really been tapping it, we want to help get you kick-started and we'd like to pray for you. So as, as we leave, you can come up here and we'd have somebody stand and pray for you for that or anything else. So let me just pray a blessing over you as we dismiss. Father, I thank you for all of these. I thank you that you are the Prince of Peace. Help us, Lord, to tap in to that true everlasting peace that you give that the world could never give and that no one could take away. Lord, we don't want to forfeit that peace anymore, but we want to tap into you. Lord God, we want to just walk in, live in, and be in a state of peace all the days of our lives. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen and amen. God bless y'all. Y'all have a wonderful evening.